Well, hello and welcome to episode 133 of the 1099 for the week of February 12th, 2018. I'm your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is an actor seen on such shows as Black Mirror, Jamestown, and Strike, as well as the voice of Bayek of Siwa from Assassin's Creed Origins, Abu Bakar Salim. How you doing today? Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, man. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm good. I feel great. Thank you very much, man. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I so I spent at least... 10 minutes today trying to correctly pronounce your name before I actually threw it your way, before I actually asked you about the pronunciation. <laughs> was it like a better version compared to some of the other people who you've been interviewed by? A worse one? Could you at least like Mate, it? it's it's the best version so far. I'm, I'm just going to pretend you're like, like not saying seriously. that because you're talking to me right now. No, no, no. That was actually, I was really impressed. I, it kind of <laughs> took me, it took me off guard. I was a bit like, oh my God. Wow. You did it better than I did. Well, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> My name's since my name's Josiah Renauden, as you'd imagine, it's been butchered by so many people, and like I'm usually okay with it until someone's like right. Joshua Renauden. And you're like, oh, you didn't even try. Like you didn't even put in the <laughs> effort to attempt to like find a pronunciation guide. And it's yeah. funny, I I attempt to do my research beforehand, and I was actually surprised that you hadn't done like 300 other interviews beforehand. So yeah, man. I mean, it's, I've just started, man. Like it's all kind of <laughs> it's all picking up, and it's so funny because now during interviews before we start because normally people just call me a boo and I'm like I'm so fine with it like you know just being called a boo from now on but like <laughs> always whenever it comes to the introduction I'm like can you can you say Abu Bakr Salim and some people are really brave and they try it and it's like Abu Bakr or Abu Bakr or well, if it helps, I'm I did like... all of those before we actually started recording. Like, I went oh, through fantastic. every single bad one out loud where I was like, I, this is way more difficult than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> well, mate, you did it. It was great. It did. It, if you didn't tell me that, I would have been like, Jesus, this guy is <laughs> on a different level. I could end the podcast now and be entirely happy that I passed that test. Uh, I was great. watching one interview you did. Uh, you mentioned that the Assassin's Creed job was initially advertised as actually an animated show. And then yeah, later right. revealed to be the new Assassin's Creed, which has to be kind of this crazy moment for you. Did that change how you approach the second interview? I mean, how do you handle a mental rope-a-dope like that? Oh my god, it was it was it was ridiculous. I don't know whether it like hindered me or it was like the best thing ever. Because like I, I just remember sitting in the room and then dropping the bomb and then just thinking oh my god oh my god so this kid this is like the biggest thing ever this is amazing this is so great and then at the same time i'm thinking if i don't get this i'm just gonna kill myself i'm just gonna like i can't deal with it because it was just the pressure was really on and i mean like they and there was like a small break between the, like them telling me that yes this is for assassin's creed and then there was a break before i had to do like the second part of the audition and i just remember just losing it man i just remember thinking <laughs> oh my i've never felt this i've never felt this nervous i've never felt this like so that like, i didn't want anything so much you know it was it was crazy it was so crazy did you have to change your mindset? You said you had that break after they told you. Did you mentally think, okay, I need to do this, this, and this because it's a video game? Or at that point, had you kind of done your homework and went forward with whatever you had? Well, I mean, because it was so short, the only thing I could really do was just, like, do the job. As in, like, you know, do what I've prepared and go in there with, with a, you know, the, do the best I can. But, yeah, there was, a, there was a part of me that was like, all right, I've played the game. I know what I'm doing. I know, I, I, I know, I know the world. I know the setting. I've just got to kind of keep that in mind and let that sort of infect my performance when it, when I do it, because that will just I hope that will just add to whatever they see and whatever they you know whatever they take from it. But it yeah. was just so it, it was it was such a surreal experience because then because I I do think actually as soon as they did say it was Assassin's Creed and it was for an assassin. There was there wasn't a part of me that was like okay there's a there's a way that the the assassin moves there's a way that someone would hold themselves if they're a trained killer or you know if it it, it just added it just added elements to to sort of the to the audition but I mean the two weeks afterwards man were the most painful two weeks of my life it was yeah. just like just waiting to hear if I'd got it or not like it was just it was un bearable man <laughs> it was so so tough it's, yeah. it's crazy because you hadn't worked on a video game project before this was your first one but the fact that you're going into this what you thought an animated project and suddenly realize 
it's Assassin's Creed. The fact that you had the background of playing those games and knowing that has to be this, it's this really unlikely benefit for you in this moment because there is a certain way that the assassins talk. And even though you're doing a voice and not really a movement, I, I would assume the movement, the the way they carry themselves helps you understanding that. Was there a part of you that wanted, even in the audition, to just emulate those assassins but not copy them not well, do the yeah, exact man. same thing I people mean, have done before i mean like what so what was what's funny is it's like so the, in that break i was able because we were the the audition the audition room was right next to the uh, british museum and in the british museum there's this like egyptian sort of um like sort of exhibition like this constant exhibition going on so i remember just going there and i remember taking in and seeing this this sort of world and trying to transport myself there because the way that the audition was set up was that even though it was it was voice acting, it was also motion capture. So with that in mind, they had to film the whole room. So I'm normally used to sort of like mid mid shots of of uh, in auditions, and it's just all in the head acting. Whereas yeah. this, they were like looking for the whole body. So part of me was so as I as I was at the British Museum, I remember also opening up my phone and looking up um, Adewale uh, Tristan's performance of Adewale. And trying to almost, you know, kind of get a a vibe from that because I thought that that was a really good assassin to sort of base, you know, the character that I was going for, and it was, and it kind of helped a bit. And it was, um, it and thinking about, but also there was there's a part where I was like, right, I've also got to make him my own. I don't want to emulate or copy another assassin because that's just going to be boring. Yeah. You know, you're just seeing the constant carbon copy of another assassin. I've got to make him a bit more bit more sort of uh, a bit more unique and so yeah I mean it's it's funny like I, I I feel like I created and went through such a vast shift as soon as they dropped the bomb that it was Assassin's Creed that I've I feel like it was so hard to <laughs> so hard to process because there was so much going through my mind like I was you know going through the games that I was playing I was looking at Ezio I was watching videos of of other assassins I and because it was motion capture I was trying to think of you know okay fine let, I got to move my body in a certain way that's a bit it's not necessarily like film acting or theater acting it's it's a bit of a hybrid of of both okay let me base a let me base uh you know the character was called Bichette at the time rather than Bayek oh, wow. and let me ba let me base him off a bear and let me try and have the you know have this sort of bear sort of feel but at the same time this elegance to it okay let's see how that works so I was just really I think what my my I was subconsciously doing was trying to distract myself from the idea that it was an Assassin's <laughs> Creed audition. Like I was trying to be like, do everything else, don't think about the Assassin's Creed audition. But at the same time, it really sort of helped knowing that I was going for going for like a, a quite a big character who, again, I could play with and I could do whatever the hell I wanted with him. You know? Yeah. Well, it's not even just a big character. It's it's a massive franchise, but it's a massive turning point. In the franchise, you mentioned before, there's, you know, you have, you have Altair, you have uh, Ezio, you have these different characters that people really connect to, they relate to, and yeah. they they mean so much for this series that it did take a year off. It took a year off to kind of regroup and be like, all right, here's the one we're coming back with that we really want to go for. Did Was that something that you knew about? Of course, you're not in the development trenches coding this game, so you don't, you're not in those same sort of discussions, but did it all weigh on you knowing that Assassin's Creed is coming back after the first year off in a long time and we need to kill this? The thing is, I feel like with, with Assassin's Creed and especially having been a gamer, like I'm, I'm really aware of the, of like what, what the franchise was doing, you know, different other franchises. And also, I, so I was so, I was kind of, a, there was a part of me that was a bit terrified of of this sort of, again, we're going with Assassin's Creed again. This is going to yeah. be another Assassin's Creed game. But there was something so, there was something so different about this game. I mean, like I remember because I I was while I was in Montreal, like I was I was talking to Ash, I was talking to Jean. I was like really, I was I did want to see what these coders and what these developers were doing. I felt like it was so important. I mm. I felt like it, it, if I'm gonna really deliver this character, I'm gonna I want to not only. You know, I don't only want to do my homework, but I want to see what everyone else is doing. I want to see what the animators are doing. I want to see what the coders are doing. I want to see how they make Bayek move. I want to yeah. see his face. I want to see how his face moves. What's different? All this. So, like, for me, I felt quite... So I could feel that... And what's funny is, having gone into the offices and seen, seen all the work and stuff, you could really feel that the pressure was on. 
because it, it was because this was going to be like a completely different revamp of the series. It yeah. wasn't really going to. It was Assassin's Creed, but they were trying something completely new with it. You know the yeah. the it, it it was it was scary and it was terrifying and the fact that we had you know they, they had gone through so many shifts and changes beforehand. But at the same time, they were like, okay, we've, we've just got to, we've got to take this risk. And I mean, thank God they did. And thank God the creative team was so, was so like, so down for taking risks because I, I feel like it paid off. I feel like the game is so beautiful. You know, I feel like it's it, 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 the whole process of, of creating the game was through risk taking, through love, through putting something at risk, putting yourself yeah. at risk and it's paid off. So yeah, it was it was a um, it was an interesting experience because, again, <laughs> we all we all felt the pressure, you know, behind camera as well as in front of camera. Yeah, I I couldn't even imagine, and I, I think I relate to you very much in terms of even if you are not the one creating and developing the game, you want to talk to those people and learn those different processes. I know for absolutely the first project yeah. I worked on, I was doing mostly blog posts, social media, and some writing for it. But when I got a chance to go to the studio, I was in uh, the Sony Santa Monica building, and I, I just wanted to know, how does this work? Like, what 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 makes this click? What makes this yeah. tick? When you're going through, you're talking, this was weeks before release, and they were doing a couple of bug fixes, and they were showing me behind kind of closed doors with development tools. I'm like, I don't even know what these tools do. Like, just, I want to know everything. Because when you play games for that long, suddenly you see how the sausage, the sausage is made. It's just fascinating to see that. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, and it's so important. I feel like it's so important. I mean, in, in any sort of, you know, film, TV, or stage work, but especially with, like, video games, there was this sense of, like, okay, so you know it it's it there is a specific way in which the animator has moved Bayek from A to B. There's a specific way in which he runs. Okay, let me try and emulate that, and then that will affect the way that the voice where the voice yeah. comes from, or where he beha- or how he behaves, and all these elements are it's 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 a, it's a team game. It's like the biggest team game known to man. Like I mean, if you look at the credits, there's like you know, it goes oh, on. Oh, Ubisoft games especially like it's like yeah. a thousand to two thousand people. You're like oh my god, like a literal <laughs> army made this video game. It's it's mental. So this is a, so you have to really play with the team because if you deliver something different or if you if you don't if there is one kink in 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 the armor it will show. Yeah. And and it's yeah it was it was such a such an incredible experience. Promise I'm not trying to get you in trouble here but because you have experience with Assassin's Creed you know that usually if one of these really hits hard they want to continue the story with these different characters. When you signed up for this and since then was there something in your mind of I feel like I might be signing up for more than one project. Would you want to continue Bayek's story? I mean, look, I mean, I think it's an actor's dream to continue a story of any of the characters that they visit. Some, and, you know, until they kind of feel like, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it's, it's one of those things that I would love to do, but I also am aware that, you know, st- stories do come to an end and that you yeah. have to respect that as well. So it's 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 a bit of both. But at the same time, when I when I was doing it, I don't think I was thinking of the idea of signing on for ages. The the one thing that was going through my mind was, "Oh my god, I hope people enjoy the game or like the character because <laughs> I'm so also aware of how the internet and how, you know, fans can literally rip someone to pieces. And I was like, I do not want this for my first video game <laughs> job to as, be completely as destroyed. As someone who used to write reviews for IGN and GameSpot, I totally get it. And like <laughs> being in that environment and then switching over to having a game get criticized and have a Metacritic score and stuff like that, you have this, oh God, this is the most like disarming kind of moment where it's like here these people are just going to judge this thing that has been such a major part of your life and especially for you your voice is throughout the entire thing and you're like oh you think my voice is an eight or a seven and a half this is awful (laughs) it's honestly that was the one thing i remember just i remember thinking oh my god when the reviews come out i'm just gonna i can't i can't sleep i can't sleep i can't sleep and i was just so so terrified i remember and that normally i don't really care normally i just i do i do my job i do my work and i move on to the next project that's the kind of thing but with this game i felt so attached to it and so so because i mean i've been working on it for like a year so i was i was you know back and forth from montreal for a year doing the voice of of bayek movements of bayek and really going through the the creative process talking to the writer elaine talking to the cinematic director felix like and camera like trying to get trying to really 
bring something cool and new and so I felt like I gave a lot to myself a lot of myself to the project so then to have the reviews and then like expect like I don't know like a four this is like the worst game in the world like <laughs> Assassin's Creed just died with this guy I was like oh my god I can't I can't deal with it <laughs> yeah you don't want to have your name do. attached to the project that killed Assassin's Creed <laughs> like, no it was my fault there's, there's blood on my hands it, it's, it's that funny that would be with me forever like that would be that would be <laughs> that's would gonna be, be the your murderer. legacy do you know what well, <laughs> oh thankfully God. your legacy right now is the game that actually really brought Assassin's Creed back and it's it's it's, oh. it's funny. I would assume as an actor, the ones where your face and your body movements are fully there, like a live action thing, that would be the one you're most nervous about because you have to watch yourself in action. But it sounds like because you put even more work, even more of yourself, even more research in this, even though you as a person wasn't in the game, this one was mm. actually the one that you were the most nervous about. Yeah, it's it's funny because even like even with TV shows or when I do stage, I'm not really I'm not really that bothered about reception. Like as as long as the story is told and as long as, long as people as long as there's one person in the audience who enjoys it, to me it, I feel like okay, I've done my job. But it's so weird. It's just with this game and I think with with the amount that the amount that was put into it, I, there was there was almost this weird sort of like it's it's like going to the neighbor's house bringing a cake and hoping that they all enjoy it and don't like <laughs> fall sick. It's like it was like that kind of feeling. Normally, I'm kind of I'd normally I'd rock up to the neighbor's house and be like, "Hey, what's up? My presence is your present." But then I felt like I was giving this cake and like, please enjoy it. Like it was it was it was so surreal, man. It was so surreal. You got the chance to work closely with another character who was kind of you know your wife in the game did you get a chance to work a lot with alex wilton regan or the, the voice of aya like the chemistry between yeah, those man. two in the game it drives the story of course you have to make sure that your character individually stands up but a lot of the game yeah. is about these two people the the relationship they have the, the you know the child they shared and then lost it, this isn't your normal acting gig where you're face to face with this person or physically touching them in the intimate moments. Did you try to build chemistry with her outside of the game in order to convey that inside of the game? Oh, I hated Alex, man. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Seriously. No, there's the headline. No. That's the IGN headline now. Like, there's actually a rift between you two. <laughs> Like seriously, disgusts me. No, I know. I love Alex to bits. I mean, she was. She was incredible to work with in the sense that she was really open for whatever. She was really passionate. She really wanted to deliver. And I it was it was so easy. I, I actually did a chemist so I did a chemistry read for my audition with Alex and Cleopatra, um, to before I got the job. Mm. And I just remember just getting on with them so well. And I mean Alex is I mean, she's a force man, she's a veteran at this. This was her first mocap experience. But She's done video games before, and I mean, I think the, Dragon the, Age Inquisition, right? Was yeah, she one of the main, yeah, the main character. Yeah, man, and like she, she like the main female Inquisitor. Like it's she is, and the thing is, it's like she has got such control of her voice. It's I mean, it's 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 amazing. I, I, I it's yeah, I, I I I think she's incredible. I I feel personally like having played having played the game. Every time that she's on screen, it's almost like she steals the scene, man. Yeah. She's just like insane but yeah i mean like the chemistry yeah again like alex alex is great because i i could you know i could i got on with her a lot i we would always go out for like dinner and stuff with like the group of people we'd we'd always be we'd always be hanging out and talking after 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 work it wasn't the kind of thing of like we only know each other during work and then that's it it was it felt like i mean she's a lifelong friend i mean i was just with her yesterday for her birthday party like it's it's she's she's awesome she's such an awesome awesome girl um yeah, so there was a lot of there was a lot of work that we did together. I mean, and she was there she was there quite a lot as well, which was quite nice. So it was it's it was it was great. And she really she really took took me under under her wing because I mean again, I had no idea what to do with video games. I had no idea what to do in the booth. <laughs> like I just played them, that's all I did. So like so she was really really helpful in that regard. 
I think you can tell you have a good character when immediately after playing that game, the first thing I, th I thought was like, I want a, an entire DLC kind of thing with just Aya. Like, I, oh, I want to yeah, know man. what hers, like, let's do like a, a prologue kind of thing, uh, yeah. epilogue. Like, I, I really wanted something like that immediately after. And yeah. Out, outside of Bayek and Aya, which now that we know that you hate her, we, we can't really, this, this question doesn't <laughs> apply. Do you have a favorite character in Origins? I mean, there's so many different people you're randomly talking to. You're walking by and you're doing these side quests that very often again a sign of a good side quest is if you forget that you're on a side quest and you think it's a main quest and that happens often in origins because you have these very unique character stories was yeah. there someone who stood out that you either worked with or when you play the game you're like oh man that, that that was an awesome moment i think that if i had to pick a character it would i think the the there's there's, there's something really interesting about um Hotafres, mm. because uh, because of I mean his his journey. I don't want to spoil anything, but after after the whole events with the crocodile, you, when you go and visit him back again, and you see he's gone down this quite this dark path. I think that there there is this there is quite an interesting dynamic with him. I mean, there's there's lovely characters like Hilarus and um, and also the girl who goes like, "Would you like?" I think that's like <laughs> to me that was is that, that was her name? So is much that the fun. way you've now described her? <laughs> that's yeah. She doesn't have a name. She just has a phrase. She's like so cool. <laughs> she just has a phrase. But yeah. So, but there are, there are quite a few characters like Kenser as well. Oh, here's a fact, right? And I haven't told anyone this. Oh, I'm exclusive! Tell you this oh, I'm so excited. I'm gonna have exclusive this music exclusive. Right when this comes in. So. You know Kenta, right? The gladiator hmm. that you meet um, during the during the uh, during the the crocodile sequence. Yes, she's a female gladiator from SeaWorld. Have you played the game? I don't know if you. Yes, played I have the game. all the way through. Oh, okay, great, <laughs> awesome. Because because that sounded like a yes. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> but, but no, it's fine. But no, uh, but Kenta. So originally, Kenta was actually supposed to be a guy. But because of the amazing, creative, crazy people at Ubisoft, they were like, let's just audition women. And so <laughs> it ended up becoming a woman, oh, which was awesome. great. But they didn't change any of the dialogue. They didn't change any of the, any sort of, um, they, they didn't try and make it sound like a woman. They just thought, let's just, you know, let's audition both male and female and secretly not tell the writers again they're probably i'll probably get a call from them being like why did you tell him this information but you know what it's great <laughs> my goal of but... this podcast is for you to get like three or four calls afterward we're like you can't say that out loud and then for the next like, interview you gotta you? reel it back and this is the one people be like oh that's the good shit yeah exactly <laughs> right but yeah so it was originally supposed to be um supposed to be a male but uh they ended up just completely filming behind the backs of most of the most oh, of the big awesome. bosses of like of you know getting this female in who was played by nicole she's incredible as well and um and yeah it was it was i mean like that that small little risk just says you know the i mean it's just tiny in the um, to the amount of risks that were taken in this game yeah. you know the the whole um the whole uh black room sequences for example were completely made up on the spot and they were it wasn't it was like it was kind of like a creative design but i remember being on being on the floor in the volume and being like oh what if this happens or if we throw this in the mix or i do this or or you know uh, uh the crocodile does that and it's and we were all trying to just make it as crazy as weird as 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 different as possible yeah from what was the assassin's creed franchise so again like with characters i do feel like there are so many different characters with so many with which add their own level of they're all intense and all weird in their own way which are quite and all rich in their own way as well which is quite which is quite nice i quite enjoy that especially in a huge game like like this yeah it i did theater in high school and a little bit early in college and every single good theater experience I've been a part of has sounded just like that, where you you have this source material you're trying to stay true to to a certain extent, but you also have these moments you're like, wait, what if we did this? What if this character was flipped in this way? What if we tried more humor here to be more serious here? And you are able to kind of have some wiggle room and to be able to work with a studio that allows wiggle room with a project of this scale, of this budget, and of this importance for the future of the franchise. I mean, that had to be freeing for you to be able to just say like, hey, this one moment it's cool what if we did this yeah man like it was it was so it i guess that also added to the fact as to why i felt so connected to the game as well because i did feel like you know, there was a lot of we, there was there was room for input 
Mm. I mean, Alain hadn't written for a video game before in his life. And he's, you know, he's this crazy, crazy, incredibly fucking talented writer. Yeah. And he's never done a video game. And he was kind of thrown this mammoth of a game. And he was like, uh, okay. And he just like <laughs> went straight in, which I, and I, again, like it was, it was just, it just felt like the, the correct, the right time to be able to be free with whatever we come up with, come up with crazy ideas, try this out, try putting accents rather than, you know, have everyone with the same accent or try, try being a bit more daring here, be a bit more brutal there. It, it just felt like the, a great environment to create. And, and that's why we were all very nervous because we felt like we'd created this crazy piece of work, which we were happy with but then yeah. to deliver it to the audience and see whether they would whether they would enjoy it again as you said like it is like theater it's that whole thing you're in a rehearsal room and you're making this piece of theater and then suddenly you go out and perform it on stage this is the first time that they have seen it you've seen it 101 times and you're and you're, <laughs> and you're happy with it you know what i mean but no, it's the absolutely. first time they're seeing it so it's like it's just it was it was so i mean again like i can't even express how how much fun it was to have that freedom and just be able to create and be able to make and create and make Bayek, you know? The value of having someone like you who has not done video games before, and you mentioned the writer who this was their first video game project, I think you need that every once in a while to sort of stir the pot, to, to, to flip things around a little bit. Because if you yeah. have the people who have created games for that long or been involved in games for that long, you come in with these preconceived notions of how these things are supposed to be done. And I think when you bring in that new blood who's like, wait what if we do it this way? And they don't already have these ideas of what a game should be. I, I've talked to a lot of different developers on here who yeah. who have worked um, outside the country in different areas where games aren't normally developed. Uh, I, I've talked to Rami Ismail, who's, who's done a lot of discussions outside the US to people who have never really thought of making video games before. And the stuff he talks about with how creative they get because they don't think of all right, we need a first-person shooter or we need this progression system or we need these normal things you have in games. When you have people outside of them, it, it leads to these more creative situations. And one of those, you mentioned before the different accents. Uh, and I had a listener yeah. who reached out to me and said that he had heard that you decided to lose your English accent for the role since Egypt was not colonized by the British at this point of yeah. the story. So did you do a lot of research way uh, before you even started actually recording anything in order to make sure you were being true to this era? Well, I mean, I think the thing is we had, so when I went for the audition, it was advertised. It was, it, they said an, an Egyptian accent, like general mm. Egyptian. But I mean, at the same time, you're kind of thinking, and I, they didn't, they didn't necessarily say really what the time frame was as well during the audition. So again, no one had their, no one had, no one had an idea of what was going like going on when you go into the audition anyway but when it comes to accents we did have a team of historians um and one specifically who was incredibly on point and again there's no recordings of the way that egyptians spoke before then but you yeah. would kind of imagine because it was before the the before they were the arab you know the arabs sort of came in and and influenced them it would be it wouldn't necessarily sound arabic but it would it, it you, you just got to go you got to go with the flow weirdly i mean mm. like for me it felt like what was important was the quality of voice and then the accent will come into the into the mix as well and it, it becomes part of that it's so the creating process did come from mainly the historian and saying okay let's try it this way or let's try this influence rather than necessarily but there was i mean like i'd be lying if i said that i didn't i didn't base the accent off what i felt like I like if if I didn't base it off someone like I did base my accent like weirdly from my dad. Oh, but, interesting. Um, but like um, but then again, I also knew that my dad is an Egyptian, but there is this quality <laughs> of his voice that I wanted to add and infect into Bayek that I felt would be really, which would be, which would be useful. And yeah. so then I worked with the I worked with the team, the creative team that way, on coming up with accents. I felt like it was incredibly important. I mean, like it, I think we were all, we were all. It was a unanimous sort of decision to just, you know, to to be as authentic when it comes to accents as possible, because um, because a lot of the time, yeah, they could, we could have e we could have either done the the unity front and lost the accents, and you can see that people do it. It does pay yeah. if you if you don't necessarily um, 
go with that. But at the same time, it's also a safer option because then people will understand. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, there is, no, a, absolutely. There is a there is a there is a danger sometimes, especially when it comes to any sort of accent that sounds quite African, to almost be. I mean, and it's quite a shame to be almost like laughed at and not taken necessarily seriously. Thank God, I think this, that is changing now. Yeah, but um, but there is that or there is that fear. But I feel like it was again very brave of Ubisoft to be like, you know what? No, we're going, we're going, we're going headfirst into this, and we're going to make it sound real and authentic, and it's going to be great. Was it and is it still weird playing a video game where you hear yourself constantly talking? Because Mate, you, it's, yeah. it's it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> well, I would assume because when you're a game developer, you've seen every single scenario a thousand times. So when you play your final game, you've seen all of that. And I wouldn't, I would assume it'd be kind of fun to see the final project, but you've already you've you've established all these scenarios. For you, you are you are communicating with the different developers, but you're providing voice to something that you're not playing at the moment. So actually getting to sit down and hear yourself and hear how they use all these different lines was that surreal. It was the weirdest thing ever because I there were there were times where I was like listening to something and I was like I don't remember recording that but of course I obviously did it was so it was so weird it was um and it's so funny as well playing with with friends or friends playing the game and then being like oh my god wait is that you wait I know that voice and like they don't even recognize the fact that it's you know they they it takes some time to realize oh my god that's a booze voice it's it's yeah. weird it's so it is such a weird it's a real thing to think to hear my voice come out of a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I, I again, that's one of those things where I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around how weird that would be to be playing a game and like you almost forget, like, oh, I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah, like I'm just yeah. listening to myself, and this is so strange. It's so weird. You talked a little bit about the motion capture process. I've had um, Elias Dufexis in this on this podcast before, who did uh, Deus Ex. And mm. he talked a little bit about how you, you're not just lending your voice, you're actually lending the character and a lot of your movement has moved over. I mean, more and more games require voice actors to throw their entire bodies into the role. Was it yeah. mostly expressions you were working on for different cutscenes, or did you actually get a chance to jump into a pile of hay or over a fence in real life? <laughs> no, nah, man, the stunts were done by the stunt team and they were like, I mean, the stunt team are insane. Yeah. They, they are so... I mean, I I didn't think people could fly until I saw the stunt. Like they they are the assassins, man. They are like they're the guys who you don't want to meet in a dark alley, man. They're like they are crazy. But um, no, but with a lot of the a lot, all the cinematics were done, uh, were all filmed, and a lot of some of the kind of some of the half not necessarily cinematics, but they're like half cinematics, half not. Uh, were also there was a few things done as well, like when Bayek every time Bayek goes through a, a gap. We, I remember filming that for um, in the mo motion capture uh, on the volume floor uh, of me going through a gap, and they'd use that as well. Like it's, it's. I mean, there was a lot filmed. There was a lot done. I had to. I remember running across the volume as well, so they could just get an idea of how I would run, or how I would sprint, or how I would crawl. And it was. I mean, it was very. Again, they were very thorough. But like, yeah, they. they I think games now, and I think it's great that it demands a lot more than just the voice. It demands yeah. your body because, again, when you're talking, I mean, even now, like as I'm talking to you, I'm emoting with my hands. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot more kind of going on while you're talking to someone. And it's very, I feel like it's it's hard to sort of recreate that from nothing. So if you've got like a, a filmed sort of, uh, you've got like some form of uh, sort of uh, evidence or um or some something to follow of an of, of an actor moving while they're talking. I think it's useful for the animators to do, because at the end of the day, again, like the actor could the actor does so much, but actually, you know, a lot of the performance is made by the animators, by the by the coders and developers, because that you know they're not they're not just putting my face in the game. It's the animators doing all trying to recreate those uh, those emotions, that movement to make it really seem authentic and genuine. And human, but at the yeah. same time translate in a video game sense. Um, there was a character, it was Kama, who was the head animator, said something so beautiful. Uh, she was like, "Animators are like silent actors; they wish to emote and the and you know really try and uh, sort of replicate human emotion, but they don't do it through themselves; they do it through through animation." And yeah. To me, I was just like, whoa, that is That's so awesome. cool. Do you know what I mean? It was so, it just blew my mind. And it really, and it's so true because, yeah, I mean, a lot of the emotions that you see in the game are are the animator's work. 
as as much as you know i i i kind of showed them this is what i would do if i said this or if i did that but the animators are the ones who really kind of either add to it or or take away from it and it's and make it so it can be translated i mean it was great it's yeah and it's it's really easy these days to notice bad animation it'll take you out of it so easily with yeah with where actual visuals are with where stories are if suddenly you have this stilted or stunted sort of thing you're like oh that entirely took me out of this really important moment and there's so many yeah of those important emotional moments in assassin's creed origins that if suddenly bike's just moving like a robot or his face is doing something yeah. that's like now nah, it doesn't work for that moment you notice yeah. it so that job has to be insanely difficult yeah, I mean it's 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 so hard, and there's so much. Again, there's also this. Again, it's a risk. It's of because I deliver something which might work necessarily for film, but it might not. The animators will look at it and be like, "I can't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that." And you know, there's a moment actually in the game where um, Bike is drinking with with his friends at a pub, uh, and uh, as he's as he downs his drink, he's he leaves and turns around and. Uh, his face changes from smiling to quite serious. Mm. And quite a lot of people read that as like, not necessarily like it, as bad animation. They thought that, Oh, the scene should have ended earlier or, you know, it was, it, it kind of went neutral, but actually I did that on the, on the day. And what it was, was just, it was to show, I mean, it would have, tr it would have easily translated on film, but I mean, again, I think they did a good job anyway, but I think those small subtleties as well are, it's, it's a balance, you know, it's a balance. I remember that scene too. That one sticks yeah. out in a good way to me, which like, yeah, yeah. usually you, you see that stuff on film, but it's harder to have those little sort of moments that are just expressed through animation and through yeah. facial movements what is going on in someone's brain or what's about to happen that's hard yeah it's yeah. so hard it's but so it's, hard it, it worked i think really well were these eight hour days like 12 hour days six hour days? like how long was a normal day working on the project Oof. so i'd get in at nine and i'd finish at six. Oh boy so yeah it was it was and it was um we'd do it we'd be filming at least i think three to four four times a week with two rehearsals with we'd have rehearsals uh for the scenes beforehand they were really um felix was really uh stressing the fact that we needed rehearsals and i think it was great that we did because it felt like we could really explore then the actual scene and what's the reason to it what's the meaning for it um on the on the day we didn't have to we didn't have to worry about that because we'd already done it on in rehearsals you see so yeah. yeah, but it was there were quite there were quite intense days. I mean, it was it wasn't. It's actually, actually to be honest with you, it was a godsend of a day because normally on a film set we're working from we could you know we could start the day at five a.m. and end up finishing at twelve twelve a.m. you know twelve midnight. Oh. So it was it's like it it can be so gruesome sometimes, um, and you and it's a lot of waiting around and sitting. So you'd only end up doing five or six scenes on a film set whereas we were banging out like 20 scenes in in in, uh, in ubisoft so it was it because we didn't have to change location we didn't have to change makeup we didn't have to do any of that stuff it was all really just in in the space which was which was great fun did you work on quests in order of importance like was there a certain schedule where it's like all right we're going to do the main story and we're going to bang this thing out and then we're going to do these side quest moments and then we're going to do every other little thing that goes into a game was it scattershot where it was all over the place or was it structured yeah it wasn't it wasn't it was a bit it was like a film set in the sense that they we worked in buckets as they call it rather than blocks so in in and we would focus on certain different acts, for example. So we would do um, sort of the first act uh, for the first two two weeks or th or four weeks. And what we would do in those, what we would do is we would do. It wouldn't be filmed chronologically. It would be filmed very sporadically sort of all over the place and within that first act it's like the first sort of side quest that come about when you are level so and so and all that and all that jazz so it was very um it was very it wasn't it wasn't planned everything wasn't it wasn't structured it was structured to a degree but we'd film we yeah there was priority to the main quests and getting those done but there was also it wasn't we again we hadn't we didn't really we had an idea of where the story was going 
but at the same time it was still being we were still playing with it as as time went on yeah are there reshoots similar to how there's reshoots in a tv show or a movie where maybe they had a different idea six months in and we're like okay we need to go back to this certain scene because we think this line works better or this certain style of animation works better Oh yeah, man! Like things were cut, things were added, things were you know yeah. There was ton. There was a few reshoots. I mean, the first, the first scene with Rudjek, the opening intro to Bayek and Rudjek when he's uh, uh, and the heron, mm. um, that was reshot, I think three or four times, uh, oh, wow. and and it was um and again it was there was there was elements of it that worked in the first in the first shoot but there it just it was a bit maybe too long then they had they, they tried it again it did, didn't have that sort of same sort of energy it was yeah so it was it was all reshot or if for example the developers and the game designers had said oh no we've we can't have this scene in that location we have to have it in a different location we'd reshoot the whole scene then so yeah i mean the um the breakup scene was was reshot twice, uh-huh. uh, right at the end. So yeah, it was um, it was there was there was yeah, elements that were reshot and redone. Was there anything that was on the cutting room floor that you're somewhat bitter didn't make it in the final game? Was there anything where like, man, that would have been so cool if it actually came together? I think Ubisoft would kill me if I said anything, bro. But, you finally you know found what? the line that you can't cross. I knew I would I find it eventually. I'm like, I can just oh, ask you directly man. if there's a sequel, and that might definitely draw the line. But okay, we, we found it. We eventually got there. No, yeah, I, man. I mean, but the thing is, no, the thing is that, of course, I mean, again, with, with any with any creative process, you're going to have babies which you really adore and really love, and then you see that it doesn't make the final cut, and you're like, no. But at the same time, you kind of also are thinking, it it probably wouldn't have served the story. Yeah, right? it probably would have just been. It just would have been filler. I mean, there is there are certain bits which I'm actually very happy didn't make the final cut because there was supposed to be this incredibly intense sex scene. But um, again, like yeah, <laughs> is that real or that is that was, a joke? No, <laughs> it's real, man. <laughs> and uh, it was I mean it was it was hilarious filming and it was great 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 was I hope fun. that gets out there somehow <laughs> I hope some you have like 3,000 people who work at Ubisoft someone's gonna leak that oh man it was it was it was hilarious and then suddenly you know you weren't playing the game and you're not, it's not there I remember a part of me because I was playing I was playing with it and that scene was coming up as always, with my mum right next to me. And I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, I forgot. I forgot I did this. And then it just doesn't, it go, it like cuts away. It does like a James Bond-esque sort of like bleed into like the, the sun. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Because I can't oh, that's remember incredible. it. I'm so sad that didn't make it. Man. Don't be sad, man. Oh, Again, I'm well, you know, if there is DLC, like there's just going to be white. the lost sex scene DLC. It's like the hot coffee oh, from man. Grand Theft Auto, but it was actually yes. planned. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, <laughs> I barely know where right. to go from there. Uh, I mentioned before some of the big names that you've worked on in terms of TV shows. And we were talking yeah. earlier about in those that people actually see you. They hear your real voice. They see your face. They see your motion versus just hearing your voice and motion capture in a game. But have you found this role to be the one that's gotten you the most press and notoriety before overall? I, you haven't done that many interviews about it yet. But have you been maybe noticed and reached out to more after this game? Yeah, I feel like it's it's it is definitely it's it's definitely upped my profile, which is um, which is so great. Like I love yeah. it, and it's but and it's also what I what I enjoy about it is the fact that yeah, okay, Bayek doesn't necessarily look like me. He sounds like me, and there are certain elements of movement that he has, but he's his own character entirely. So to be to have to be building a profile on on a character who has his own life. It's it's quite quite lovely. Like I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm quite happy with the idea of not necessarily being this big actor beforehand and then doing you know doing a video game and everyone's like oh he was like brought on because of because of so and so. But like yeah, it's 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 very weird actually. It's it's a completely. I mean a lot of my peers haven't really done video games before and it's a complete. Uh, we didn't really touch upon it at at drama school when I was studying. So it's it's. It was a very different medium to to be to to know that oh, okay so this is what people are gonna know me for you know yeah 
No, totally. Do, do you, going through this entire experience, it sounds like it's almost entirely positive. So would you want to continue working in games? Like, have you gotten other offers that you're considering oh. and maybe stepping a little bit away from acting and going more into voice acting and motion capture like this? I genuinely believe that video games and the way that they're going is going to be the future of entertainment and of the way that people take, take in, um, you know, take in their, yeah, take in entertainment. I feel like it's, it's, it's such a, beautiful massive monster that has so much potential and even though it terrifies quite a few people it's also just it's it's brilliant it is like to me it's like this queen kong almost you know it's this <laughs> gorgeous gorgeous beast that it's got like it just looks like terrifying that can cause so much destruction but it's so beautiful and so awesome it's just like i yeah i feel like I want to just keep doing video games and I want to get more people to do video games. I want to get more actors, more directors, more just because it's such an incredible way of telling a story. I mean, it was my way in of, of, of storytelling. I mean, I, I'm dyslexic, so I can't read really well. I, um, I hated, I didn't really watch much TV. The only kind of TV stuff I watched was Dragon Ball Z and like Power Rangers as a kid. And like Now you know, we're going to be was, best friends because we both watched Dragon Ball Z. Uh, there yeah, we go. Oh, right, perfect. Mate, you should be really excited I, about the new game that just came out too. Dude, I've been playing that. For, Me like, too. It's so good. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally, I, I do think though, I should have pre-ordered it, but I do think <laughs> though, the, um you know, the, 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 the hard mode of extreme, the extreme hyperbolic time chamber, right? Yeah. Part of the arcade mode. I think, the, the, the company made that like impossible to get any sort of higher rank because you didn't pre-order the game. Like I'm, I'm, I've been playing it. This for is hours, my favorite try- theory ever that you actually cannot <laughs> overcome this certain segment unless you pre-order. That'd be a really good Genuinely, pre-order bonus. I'm telling you, it's like impossible. All I want is just to unlock Super Saiyan God, you know, uh, Goku. But I can't get that because I can't beat the I've game. I've seen people who do it, and I, I, it has to be the person who pre-ordered it. I feel like this oh, is actually a conspiracy that we're going to spin out right now. I You're never going to work for think- Bandai Namco though at this point I, I, because I, now you've besmirched them. Mate, I'm bringing them out. I'm I'm showing them out, mate. That's all I'm doing. Because <laughs> I have been I have been stuck on it for hours, trying to beat, especially the androids. Like I get so far, and then I'm like trying to beat the androids, and they just completely destroy me. Oh like, my this god! This game is fixed. This oh, game we is should so play fixed. online. I want. We should actually. This is. We'll do definitely do this off there. We're gonna play. We're gonna play on offline. We're gonna play online. And we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get Absolutely. better together. We're gonna train, yes. and then we're gonna be able to overcome Thank this pre-order you. bonus. For you please because it's ridiculous it's so like it, it's driving me nuts i have a contact so... there at the publisher i'll reach out to them and we'll get to the bottom of this brilliant thank you because i genuinely do feel this way i feel so so strongly about this it's ridiculous <laughs> oh man but no but so that was so for me video games and playing games was my way of getting into storytelling so the i remember playing kingdom hearts for the first time and that was like the first ever piece of work that I cried to it wasn't a book it wasn't a film it was Kingdom Hearts I remember putting so many hours into that as a kid and really losing myself into it and just thinking this is so this is so beautiful that if this if this game can move me so much like imagine all the other games that are going to be coming out there and what I've experienced and I've you know I've been I've been catching up with a lot of games I've played The Last of Us recently which was just oh my god oh my god I've been playing Hellblade as well which to me is just another experience entirely speaking of we talk about like games are a very specific medium for storytelling you cannot do that in any other medium with what Hellblade did Hellblade can only be a video game and because of that it's like nothing else dude I've I, I literally after an hour, normally I can I can play a game for a good sort of 10, 13 hours straight, like easily. With yeah. Hellblade, I had to put it down for like an hour 100%. because I was just like, it's just too, it was just, it was insane. It was, it was such an experience, such an experience. Especially if you have so, headphones yeah, and you're hearing voices. Yeah. And you really, even if you don't have that sort of mental instability or psychosis or whatever you want to call it, you really get into that character to a certain extent where you're like, yeah, like you mentioned, I can't do this anymore for a bit. I need yeah. to take a breather. Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was nuts. It was so nuts. But I mean, like, and that's what's so beautiful about it. I mean, can you imagine, like, I, I've never had this experience watching a TV show or, or, you know, going to the cinema. It's only through video games where I'm, where I'm playing something and I feel like, oh my God, a part of me, I just gave a part of myself to that game. Yeah. They did whatever they wanted to it and they gave it back to me. I feel so different. I mean, it's, it's mad, it's madness, yet so, it's so beautiful. And I think that the the more 
the more people talk about it and the more people realize the potential of it, it's, I feel like it, we're going to get so many incredible, interesting games in the future. Yeah, it's going to it's going to keep happening. It's going to keep getting better because you still have those moments in movies or TV shows when people talk about games, you just hear like the the Tetris noise in the back or like lasers in the background that sound like everyone still thinks it's 16 bit or arcadey and stuff like yeah. that. But you mentioned Kingdom Hearts or something like that, which is a, you know, an old game at this point could still connect with you. I had that connection with certain Final Fantasy games, like Final Fantasy yeah. 8 still has this. If I replay it, I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm getting emotional." And then you move yeah. on to something like uh Metal Gear Solid 4 was like one of the games in Journey where Journey I cried to. I remember at the end just being like, wow, like that drained me emotionally. And as we keep getting people who are taking it more seriously and the technology catches up and we're able to create different things, where can it go? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's also really exciting about video games as well is the fact that they're not necessarily bound by technology because technology continues to improve people are going to, the games will just continue to improve. The way of telling stories is going to continue to improve. You know, writing books and, and doing films, there there's, seems to be a sort of formula that works. Whereas with video games, you can push those boundaries. You can really play with them. And it will, you will come, you'll come up with a result that might work, that might not work, but still it's, it's furthering on. It's still moving forward. And that's, again, to me, so exciting. And it's so great. Hence why I just, I wanted get so you know be involved so much more with games on that level of on the creative front not necessarily for profile but just on the creative the creative aspect of it all i feel the exact same way so i totally get that also my favorite podcast moment now of all time is having Bayek from assassin's creed say he cried at the first kingdom hearts that is going to be something <laughs> that i will never forget for the rest of my life and i am just going to shout that one from the mountaintops do you have a dream gaming franchise that you'd want to be a part of like do you want to be the the hero in the next call of duty or in halo 6 or maybe even a smaller indie project from a studio who you really appreciate yeah i mean to me to be honest you know what actually okay thinking about it i would love to do a remake of devil may cry oh my god think, i'm already I think... i've already pre-ordered that after you said that right there i'm pre-ordering this idea <laughs> I so i'll be able to, to get through the hyperbolic time chamber absolutely there we go like seriously like i would or i would i would love to do a remake of devil may cry playing dante i mean that would be that'd be so much fun because dante also is one character who who has again who's really who i really connected to as a kid as well who i really loved and And that was ninja theory did the last one who did hellblade yeah you kind of get all your interests in one big old bag right there oh my god you better listen up (laughs) ninja theory this is it this is the idea this is it or even like even working with Gorilla as well, like they they their horizon was I mean oh yeah was, I mean this is the thing I've I've because I've I went to drama school and I decided I'm not going to play video games I'm going to just focus on the acting stuff and my dad was also not very well so I was I was focusing on studies as well as back at home and after having graduated and now having caught up with all these games I feel like I'm just in a different world it's like yeah. so great I feel so great. So yeah, I do. There's so many people that I would love to work with, be them indie, be it for like a Steam, you know, like a, a small Steam game or whatever, like anything. Like I'd be so, so down to do. I hope to see you in more stuff because again, it, it's fun to talk to people who are excited about it, who really want to get involved with it because they love this shit. And it sounds like you love this shit. I live for it, man. I, I, I it's, it's so, I feel like I've really clicked into something that I, that I adore and that I just want to keep going with and i love it man i love i love i love video games <laughs> that's that's so cool to hear uh last thing uh before i let you go was there any piece of uh maybe twitter feedback or review or anything that you've read since the game has come out that's really stuck with you in a positive way something you've been able to look at that of course there is just the the validation of the reviews overall and the feeling that like man i really want to keep doing this for a living but was there anything you saw from a fan that made you go like this is this is incredible. Like this is surreal and this is all worth it. You know what? I think, I think the, the, the thing that's, that has really, really touched me in the sense that like, just almost like spiritually is, is just the amount of love the fans have for the franchise and for the game and just how well it's been received. And people just constantly saying, thank you. Like, and I'm just there saying, well, I'm just doing my job, but it's, it's just the it's just the amount of love I guess I feel from people. I mean they all say all sorts of really nice stuff and also p- 
people who who have you know who have criticisms to the game but it's like constructive and it's not coming from it's not coming from a place of malice it's coming from a place of love yeah. and even even them like i feel like oh man so it's it's there's just there's just so much i mean from the artwork that people send send forward to to just people being like this has really helped me in like a very difficult time i mean it's it's there's just so much man it's i i feel like that again especially with with video with gamers the amount of love they have to give when it comes to something that they feel really passionate about i mean it's 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 massive it's so huge and we're talking about you know be them kids or be them adults or you know from be them from you know having either a disability or from a different background i mean it's it's so universal it's so powerful it's just I don't know, man. It's I. I couldn't. I couldn't pick one thing. I'd. I'd have to say them. Them all, man. Each every day, if I look at my Twitter feed and I get like a like, or if I get a um, someone saying I really enjoyed the game, or if Origins really was was lovely, or if they felt you know that it, it even though it didn't feel like Assassin's Creedy, they still enjoyed the the story being told. It to me, that's just I. I feel like I'm I'm winning, man. I feel like I could genuinely die happy. Like it's just, it's it's great. Yeah, I we so often hear about just the negative side of the reaction on Twitter to games and stuff like that, where you see these long, angry Reddit threads about this series or that yeah. series. But there is that flip side of these people really care, and it, the, the, the you, you you do get that criticism that it comes from a place of they love this so much, and yeah. they just they have these certain thoughts about it that I, as someone who now you're just forever connected to this franchise, I bet you're gonna feel and see it for a long time. Oh yeah, man. I mean, the thing is, it's it's because this is the because th- I kind of think that a lot of people who if they do send something, if they do write something up about how they didn't necessarily like the game and they go into detail about it, it's not because they're trying to bash or hate it. It's generally coming from a place of like I care about this. I'm not gonna go over to you know Tom over there and tell him how I don't agree with his like fence and the way he's built it. If I didn't care about it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just be an it's asshole. Like, yeah, you're like exactly, your fence exactly. sucks, and you walk away. You're like, wow, he doesn't care about my fence. He's just angry. Exactly. He's just really angry. But there is there is genuine. I mean, you could tell from the people who are just trolls to the people who actually do care about it. But there is. I mean, I, I haven't actually. I haven't come across many trolls really on this on uh, from this game. If if people have not liked the game, it's come from a reason where I can literally be like, okay, I understand. I get that. That's absolutely yeah. fine. And thank you so much for sharing that because, okay, I'm gonna. You know, we can grow from that. And it's just. It's uh, everything. Every bit of feedback is great, really. Well, if people do want to give you good feedback, or if trolls want to go bug you, either way, where can they find you on Twitter? And last, last thing, are there any projects you're working on right now, whether it be games or whether it just be TV or movies or anything like that, that you can talk about? Yeah, well, okay. So if you want to bug me, you can find me on Twitter at at AbsyBabsy. It's with a Z. What a great Twitter handle. (laughs) I don't know what I don't know where that came from, but I've also got I've also got Instagram as well, which is at Abzi Salim, which is again with a Z, but Salim with an S. Um, but uh, and the and at the moment, well, at the moment, I'm working on a Sam Mendes project uh, for BBC One. The, it's called The Informer, awesome. and um, yeah, and it's good fun actually. It's real good fun. I was supposed to only like be there for a week, but it's ended up being quite a few months, which has been brilliant so like, <laughs> so yeah so i'm enjoy- i'm enjoying that at the moment but again i'm i'm trying to really i'm trying to work with uh with uh this sort of uh like not necessarily a competition but it is this entry thing called the young game designers which bafta games are are running and um it's basically kids I think from 10 to 18, they can enter with a game idea or a game design and they put it through and if they go through, if they win or if they go through they it will it will be uh it will it will come alive really the bafta games would help you to make that game a, a reality really and yeah, i think that awesome. that again is really a, an exciting thing that i'm looking forward to working with so um yeah there's there's quite a few th- i mean i'm trying to keep busy trying to keep my my you know my fingers in all sorts of different pies but like i'm just but at the moment video games for me and trying to trying to i guess br- like open it up to to more people especially kids who wouldn't necessarily think of having a career in video games. I really just want to push that a bit more and try and get touch them in that sense, in that sense of um, try to get them feeling a bit more confident in the sense that they could, they could make a game that they really 
felt and cared about. All right. Perfect. Well, Abu Bakar, this is, I got to say, this was the um, the most I've laughed during a podcast in years. <laughs> uh, this That's was great. The most fun I've had on a podcast in a really long Brilliant, time. I, I, I couldn't be happier for you for everything that's been going on. Again, it, it's really exciting to hear someone who's super passionate about this and after your first project being like, oh my God, this might be the thing I want to do. Like this might yeah. be what I've been looking for, this, this way that I can tell stories in a way I didn't think I could before. And you've now successfully made me want you in every single big game ever. Uh, I want you to be Dante. I want you to be, uh, you can be the next Master Chief for all I care. Let's get rid of that oh, old guy. Yeah, You're the new man. Master Chief now. And um, any game I work on in the future, I'm going to be texting you and being like, do you want to do you want to roll in something? Because this is... Absolutely. It's really fun to hear. So I can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, super excited Thanks, for everything you've done. This is great fun, and... man. This is so nice. It was so nice to talk to you, man. Yeah, and if you get uh, really awful things from Ubisoft about all these different things you weren't allowed to say, I apologize in advance. Um, uh, whatever, man. Life is too short, dude. Seriously. <laughs> I'm really happy you took short, the chances man. with my podcast and not someone <laughs> know, else's. Right? That's all that really matters. Uh, so yeah, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.